What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to episode 12 Beyond Podcast. We're in double digits. Getting up there. Um, this episode is with Leah Gore, who's a baker, chef, artist, adventurer from West Virginia. She's got a wild story, but just to ruin a little bit of it, she ended up working as an intern at Noma. And it's kind of funny that this episode was always meant to come out in mid mid January. That's how I scheduled it. But it's weird that it's got so much more context now that Noma is quote unquote shutting down and becoming something to, uh, like more of a research lab and and a place that does like pop ups. So it's it's funny this this episode has way more like depth to it because of that. And um, it's 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 great hearing Leah's story because. As she'll explain, the hours are insane. But I'll, I'll let I'll let her explain. I'm not gonna suppose anything about their work environment there. But I I had my own feelings about it, which is that when Renee Redzebi said fine dining is not sustainable, I was like, yeah, it hasn't been <laughs> forever. You've you've never been sustainable. That that whole restaurant has always had like mountains of free labor interns and and stages going in there and so fine dining especially noma has never been sustainable you've always had tons of free labor to make that menu happen you know i just i really i side a lot more with with what dan giusti said he used to be the chef de cuisine i believe or or the sous chef at noma i, I can't remember <laughs> he posted like the day uh, the day of he's like traveling you know he 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 runs an organization that that gets good chefs and, and cooks into schools so that kids can have actually decent decent lunches. Dude's doing fucking the Lord's work out here, you know? And he said the amount of interview inquiries he was getting just about a restaurant that he hasn't worked in since, what, 2015 was way far and above any sort of interview or, or publication inquiry about what he does on a day-to-day basis which like I said is amazing and and it's a it's a really difficult thing to do and no one really gives a shit which really sucks you know all they care about is the best restaurant in the world but then you know this dude's over here trying to save kids from having the worst food possible and trying to also you know get chefs and cooks to understand that that you don't have to be in a in an environment like that to to make high quality food for people. You can do it in schools. You know what I mean? Teach kids that the value of of a of a of a great, well made meal. You know, a lot of kids don't get that. So that's I kind of side a lot more with with that. You know, I'm Noma's done a lot of great things. They've made a lot of things public. They've kind of like changed the game in terms of uh, fermentation and, and preservation in restaurants which I really think that's that's done a lot more in terms of sustainability worldwide than they ever have, you know? Now people have the knowledge to be able to dry things and preserve things and ferment things. And if people are really smart about it, they can actually cut costs and cut emissions and cut waste just by utilizing those, you know, ancient preservations and stuff. So I appreciate them for that, but but I just don't really appreciate th- like world-class food in the way that I, that I used to, you know, it was sort of a thing that amazed me, but now it's like, it's almost like, um, it's so inaccessible and it seems so distant 
it seems like it's only for the rich and the famous. And I, I don't know what Rene Redzepi's feeling is on that, but uh, probably all his clientele is just that, you know. I would hope it's a lot more varied, but I, I suspect it's not. But who am I to say? I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting that that announcement came out and I knew that I was sitting on this podcast with Leah who <laughs> who was an intern at, at NOMA, an unpaid intern at NOMA. Uh, so... It kind of offers a nice context to their whole their whole thing. I really hope that they're still not doing what they're doing, what Leah <laughs> describes in this, uh, working like 16-hour days and shit like that. Man, the restaurant industry has got to get away from that. There's got to be a better way to go about this, working 12 to 16-hour days every day. I'm sure there's people who, who love doing it, but man, it's uh, it's got to be a way more sustainable way to do it because like, the older you get, you know, the less healthy it is for you and just uh you know you end up spending your whole life in the restaurant you know which i also don't i also don't think is very healthy i think how are you going to get any ideas how are you going to get inspiration how are you going to expand your worldview and if you're just in a kitchen all day every day and then you go home and you're destroyed on your days off that you can't do anything i don't know who knows man maybe noba 3.0 is just going to come out and it's going to do some insane shit or you know everybody's just going to follow their lead and start becoming research labs and <laughs> instead of restaurants. I don't know. I don't know. They, they sort of lead the way in, in, in a lot of things. And I appreciate what they do. It's just kind of like they, people pay a little too much attention to it. I like to see a lot more attention on just simple, well-made food and the sustainability of restaurants in terms of labor and food waste. That would be nice instead of concentrating on the world's best, quote unquote, best restaurant. Because you know what's going to happen. They're going to shut, they're going to shut, quote unquote, shut down. Right. And then something else is going to take their spot. And then that's going to become the thing. And then everybody's just going to focus on that, you know. But what these news organizations don't seem to realize is that those chefs, like the blank on his name right now, but the chef at Favikin, he pretty much left Favikin and, uh, and works for MAD now, you know, also advocating for f- sustainability and, and food waste in restaurants advocating against it <laughs> not for it uh i don't know it's a really interesting topic I'm, I'm i'm excited to see where where things go and um i just wish there was a lot more attention on a lot less attention on this kind of stuff as dan juicy pointed out uh all right i don't know i'll just leave it there as always i'm gonna say this beyondmagazine.com slash store if you want to buy some merch peonmagazine.com slash support if you'd like to donate or if you'd like to join a Patreon. I'm going to start hopefully putting more stuff up there. And then uh, lastly, if you want to just, just there's a link down at the bottom of this this description, this episode's description, that also has a little donate button if you'd like to do that. Yeah. And I hope you enjoy this episode. It's a great conversation. Go follow Leah on socials and stuff go follow her at nom leah that's n-o-m-l-e-a-h all right enjoy this is my first time like doing a zoom or any of this shit like all pandemic ever so oh really (laughs) babies first (laughs) maybe you said you have zoom so uh did well, you just yeah, not use it? No, I downloaded it like a couple hours ago. 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Expecting to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I was introduced to you by AJ Jack, Andy in um, Madison. Uh, how'd you, yeah. how'd you meet uh, Andy? Oh, uh, we actually haven't met in person. Um, we okay. were friends like through Instagram and, you know, social Same. media. His work's awesome. I admire, I, know, right? I admire the stuff he does. So we've just mm -hmm. kind of, kind of came to be friends through that yeah yeah same here yeah i've never i've never met him either so we just talk a lot on uh instagram and stuff yeah and uh he did a couple pieces for the for the magazine and stuff so yeah that's pretty cool yeah um well as i would just start at the beginning um what was your first uh service industry job and why i would probably say whenever i was 16 um i had an interest in food um, I knew one of the professors at a local culinary school, and um, she is also a small business owner in town, and um, I offered to help her out in the kitchen. Um, and so okay. it was uh, unpaid, of course. Yeah. Um, just kind of stage what, whatever you need help with in the kitchen. And, um, also she teamed up with, uh, the high school, um, what is it called? Uh, it's not home egg. It's pro start. Maybe. I think that was never, the name of it. That. Well, it's like where you learn how to cook in high school. It's like that kind of class. So it's just cooking though. It's not like home economics. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, so he just kind of took us to this restaurant and as students and um, yeah, that you were, was my you were free, free labor for the restaurant. Is that pretty much what it was? Story of my life, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the service industry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you remember like what drew you to cooking? Cause was it a family thing or was it just something that you fell into? Um, my whole family loves to cook. Uh, okay. we love to eat more. Um, <laughs> so we always talk about cooking, um, and just food in general. Um, mm -hmm. I grew up watching, you know, Iron Chef and all that stuff. Yeah. Wait, um, the Japanese one or the, uh, the, the American one? The OG. Yeah, okay, good, and the good, Japanese yeah. one. Yeah, the Japanese one and the American. Um, okay, yeah, I never watched the American one. I just love the Japanese one so much. It's not as exciting. <laughs> That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, if the, if the host isn't biting into a bell pepper for no reason, then it's it's not as good. I don't want to see yeah. it. <laughs> um, yeah. But... Yes. So my family is very interested. Of course, uh, my grandparents were cooks because they had to be they have big family mm -hmm. or whatever. And um, so I would learn from them um, just like basic uh, an Appalachian dish from here, like chicken and dumplings, rolling out the dumplings, making a mm -hmm. stock, kind of the basic stuff. So, yeah. I prob I learned all my basics. I feel like reading books from my grandparents, doing this high school mm -hmm. cooking stuff. So, yeah, that was kind of yeah. my first experiences. I fell in love with 
making bread was probably okay. my first and foremost thing. That's a good thing to learn early. I'm just now learning it. So yeah, takes a lot of patience. Yes. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and a yeah. lot of intuition. So I feel like it's a thing you get better with the more you practice with. I mean, I guess with everything that's yeah. true, but yeah, for sure. I feel like it, it requires a lot more. Um, it's like a living organism. You have to like be yeah, around it, it a lot is. to understand what's happening with it. Absolutely. If it's like overproof, underproof, it's like, if it's the right temperature, it's a very temperamental thing. And I just, Absolutely. I can't get a hold of it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> did you end up going to culinary school or did you just go straight I, into kitchens? I did. Um, I went to a local, uh, community technical college and I, ended up loving cooking. And, um, I did that for two years just mm-hmm. in Huntington, West Virginia. And then, um, I worked in around town at a few different restaurants. I ended up working for probably one of the most known restaurants in West Virginia. Um, okay. which is part of a whole resort. It's called the Greenbrier. Okay. Yeah, so I ended up starting at Garmarger there, um, worked on there for a bit, came home, wanted to pursue it more. Um, I was looking around at other schools that I could get more education in. I found the CIA in Hyde Park. Whoa, is that where you end up going? Yeah, yes. Wow, holy shit, that's that's very prestigious. (laughs) Yeah, so... I went there um, and it was a great opportunity. I ended up doing about a year and then I did my externship down in, um, it's called the Greenhouse restaurant in Cape Town, South Africa. And then I came back home and realized, you know, I can't afford to finish this like nine months left of this degree. So Um, my boyfriend at the time was, is from, was from Massachusetts. And so I ended up moving there for a few years. Mm -hmm. Um, and his dad conveniently was a chef (laughs) in, uh, Cape Cod. So, uh, in Orleans, Cape Cod. And then, so I worked there for a few years. Wait, so, so at Hyde Park, are the externships really like global? Is that, yeah. is that how you got that position? If you want it to be global. They um, have connections like everywhere around the, the world pretty much? I mean, I personally didn't, but they did. I mean, yeah. it, it was a personal thing. I wanted to, I personally wanted to travel Mm -hmm. Um, I hadn't traveled outside the country before I wanted to do some traveling and I didn't necessarily want to go to like the best restaurant in the world. I just wanted to find a cool place in the world and then work in a cool restaurant there because I just like adventure. I like to hike. I like to bike. I like to be outside. So I chose Cape Town, <laughs> which yeah. is an awesome place. Yeah. So yeah, that that's how I ended up at that location. And was that just unpaid? That's an externship that's unpaid? Did they um, put you up or anything they, like that? Or yeah. did you have to pay for everything? No, um, I paid for my flight out and back. 
um, but they actually provided a stipend and oh. um oh wow and they gave me a place to stay in their resort so it was really awesome that's really cool yeah yeah, yeah. Really i was super super grateful for that what kind of restaurant was that is it was it a high-end like michelin place or was it a resort well so they don't have michelin down there and oh, um okay. i think they have it was part of a resort so they had you know i can't remember what their system is down there actually um because it's under like resort restaurants not necessarily um brick and mortar standalone kind of place um but it was i would say it's of michelin quality it was very uh, fine dining yeah we did like ostrich tartare and like Okay, it was like encapsulations <laughs> and oh, you know, okay. like yeah. all kinds yeah, yeah, yeah. of fun molecular gastronomy kind of stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that was probably my first time in that kind of setting, which I love because I love science. That's also <laughs> yeah. a good a good a good place to start. You know, start with the most complicated stuff. Yeah. Um, but then you said you ended up in um, uh, Connecticut. Cape Cod? Uh, Cape Cod in Massachusetts. Yeah. So, um, I moved up there because like I said, that's where my boyfriend was from. So I moved up there, worked there for a few years, maybe like four. And then I decided I went to pursue a bachelor's degree. My family was really pushing for it just to have a, you know, four-year degree. You know how it goes. Oh, hey, why were they pushing for that? Oh, you already had a a degree, pretty much. Well... I mean, a culinary degree, I guess. Yeah, I mean... To some extent. Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't good enough, okay, okay? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I don't mean it like that. Um... But yeah, they just wanted some kind of bachelor's degree. So uh, fine art is my other passion. So I jump into um, the fine arts and um, I explore like all different kinds of mediums there. Mm -hmm. Painting, sculpture, ceramics were a few of my favorites. But I ended up focusing on painting. Mm-hmm. So that's what I graduated with. So wait, wait. So your family was pushing for a four-year degree, but you you went... I, I assume that they were probably pushing for that for some sort of backup plan. And you, you decided yeah. to go with fine, fine art. Yeah. Which is like... <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, at least I won't be a starving artist. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the way that's I true. think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you so did, were you working at kitchens at the same time you were in in college? Or did you, did you uh, no. back out of kitchens at that time? I mean, I worked at Chipotle. <laughs> I <laughs> okay. got it. I worked at Chipotle. Um, it was just like a part time whatever um, mm-hmm. thing. It was a place where I could make money to pay my rent at the time and all my bills. So, but I was, um, going to school full time. So I didn't have like a whole lot of time to focus on culinary at the same time. Um, yeah. yeah. So I ended up doing Chipotle and then I was like, I ended up graduating. Boyfriend broke up with me. Um, just life fucking sucked. 
Sorry oh, if I shit. cuss. No, you can curse. Okay. <laughs> it's like it's a kitchen industry podcast. I think oh, yeah. people would be more surprised if we didn't curse. Right. Well, I cuss yeah. like a sailor, so I should have oh, asked good. this okay. first and foremost. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. so yeah, my boyfriend breaks up with me. I graduate college and life sucked at the time. And I just started filling out all kinds of job applications, Mm -hmm. stages. I was trying to seek out stages and just further my culinary because, well, I also sent applications to like galleries and museums too, basically Mm -hmm. everywhere. (laughs) And at the time, the new Noma 2.0 was sending out applications, I guess, for not stages, but internships and like six month long internships. Was this right before the pandemic or when, when was this? Yeah. Yeah. So this was 2017 and I ended up leaving for Copenhagen 2019 or 2018. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 A good friend of mine was supposed to go that same time and then Some shit happened and he didn't, he didn't get to go, but yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so you got accepted then? Yeah. So I had to like fill out this application with a bunch of questions. Um, they did like Mm -hmm. a little interview or whatever. And, uh, yeah. Wait, did you need Chipotle off the resume? I got, I gotta know. No, of course not. (laughs) I think it's hilarious. It's yeah, fucking yeah. hilarious to go from that yeah. to the new Noma 2.0. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I ended up, you know, getting my visa ready, getting um, housing, finding housing, you know, getting enough money to, like, I know I was like, you know, if I'm going over there to work there for that long, I'm going to take some time to actually like stay there for a year and actually get to know the culture, eat the food, chill out, hang out. So I saved up so much money. I actually ended up getting a part-time job at an art gallery and I got a job at a local Italian restaurant. So I was like working triple and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, before I went there just to save up money to survive. Yeah. And then January 2018, I ended up moving over there. So how long did you, did you have before you, you, you left? Like, did they let you know a good amount of time before you, you had to leave? Yeah, for sure. It was really organized. Actually, yeah. okay. I graduated in May, worked up until like, the end of January and headed over there in February. Yeah. Once I got there, it was, it was a bit chaotic because we were actively like kind of helping them like get the whole restaurant ready because yeah. it was in a new building and we were like actively helping build this freaking Oh day. shit. Yeah, it was oh, no way. kind of nuts. Um, How many people were, were there? How many people were working there at the time? So 
at the restaurant, honestly, I don't know. I don't know how much their um, staff, how many staff there was. Are we talking like in the hundreds? Are we no. talking like 50, 60 people or what? Maybe 50. Maybe 50. Okay. Right. 50, 60. Yeah. yeah. Not hundreds, so. Damn. There wasn't that many people over there. <laughs> yeah, I can That'd imagine. Be very chaotic. Yeah, right? Sheesh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how many unpaid, uh, how many uh, interns were there? Yeah, you're right. It was unpaid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say probably like 30. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Damn. And then as the seasons changed, there was like a new group of interns. So it was okay. kind of like, but they had a main staff as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Like, like the actual paid, paid staff who like exactly. kind of everything. So, yeah. so what do you, what do they have you guys doing? Like really menial tasks or they, or do they try little to teach you stuff? A little bit of everything. Okay. That's yeah. A little bit of everything. My favorite part was actually foraging <laughs> with their forager, oh, yeah. Christina. Just because I'm, I kind of feel like the environment around me is a little similar in not the mountainous areas of West Virginia, but like, I feel like a lot of the fauna and flora is similar to that area. Okay. So I did feel somewhat familiar with that kind of stuff. And plus like, Again, I love being outside. So, of course, that was my yeah. favorite thing to do. What but kind yeah. of stuff were you guys foraging? Because that was, um, what was, what was the menu when you were there? What was, the, I guess, the menu theme? It was a seafood season? Yeah. Seafood going into summer and then okay. um, summer veg. And then uh, fall was like wild game. Okay. You know, ferments yeah. and stuff. Do you remember some of the the things that they had you guys doing? Um, like breaking down fish, cleaning row. They had you guys breaking down fish. Like, yeah. Like, oh wow, that's awesome! I wouldn't think that they would let uh, most like interns touch proteins. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, we broke that down, but of course we didn't get the last touch. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. The actual yeah. chefs there would have like the final like touches to that dish um mm-hmm. but yeah i mean the staff taught us a lot they were a wealth of knowledge i learned a ton about a lot of seafood that i otherwise hadn't had a lot of experience with yeah but after working at like in cape town and cape cod i i was somewhat familiar with working with seafood and Mm-hmm. shellfish and crustaceans and all that yeah all yeah. that jazz <laughs> what was the day-to-day like i guess like were you guys working like from sun up to sundown or yes. or did you yeah yes. pretty much yes wow. it was okay. it was quite military um Jeez. we started at like six and uh, i many times would not get home until like Nine, ten, eleven, twelve. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It was nuts. And it was, I think, I think we had like two days off or one day off. I think we just had one day off. 
it was it was nuts. I don't know. I they've definitely changed now. Have they really? I think they yeah, I believe so. I I feel like I feel like that was kind of because we were starting in a new area, a new building. Everyone was kind of even though we were all like we know what we're doing, it's like Anytime you start a new business, there's always those kinks that oh, yeah. you have to figure out. You can't, sure. I think we were still learning like flow okay. and just getting used to our space, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I yeah. honestly, I, I think that's why it was the days were so long then. Um, I believe they have since changed though to be like, okay hopefully more humane <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know? i have like a prep crew and a night crew yeah or whatever. yeah yeah maybe in some sense maybe yeah. <laughs> but maybe not like yeah. coming in at like six maybe it's like uh nine to nine to eight. nine nine to nine <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah maybe just or, 12 yeah. hours not <laughs> yeah. 15 not 15 yeah. yeah yeah i mean i worked i worked 12 hour days so it's it's not unheard of in the industry you know yeah i know so, um especially in high-end kitchens. So I, I know I hate would... it. I hate it. Yeah. Though. Yeah. No I, one, don't, I don't like no it. No one should work under those circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's a lot. Especially in kitchens. It's very demanding uh, work. Um, on yeah. your mind and on your body for sure. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. And I can imagine what was the, what was the uh, pressure there? Did you feel, I feel, I find with a lot of high-end kitchens, it's very, it depends on the chef and the, the sous chefs to kind of make things a little more casual, but was it, was it militant? Was it very tight and controlled or were you guys able to joke around and, and stuff? Um, I would say both. It was, okay. it was very militant. Um, Just silence in the kitchen? That kind no, of thing, no, we okay. had music blasting and we, okay. we At did have that. fun, but it was okay. also like, you know, get shit done we have yeah. a lot of shit to get done and like yeah do it perfect or mm -hmm. like we'll skin you alive so yeah did you did you uh meet some of the chefs like there was renee there uh, yeah. often or or dan i know dan, well, i don't even he know was, if dan was there at the time dan juicy um no no it was no, after dan there. Um, okay. but yeah, I mean, I really respected Renee because he was there every day in the kitchen, oh, um, yeah. or like out on the floor talking to guests or both. Like it mm -hmm. was, it was really cool because he would have like his daughter, like sending food out to guests. And so oh, that that's was, cute. A, that's cool. yeah, it was yeah. really cute. It was a really cool atmosphere to be in. Um, whenever it came time for service, um, I felt like that was actually more relaxed because really, yeah, <laughs> I know that oh. sounds like it doesn't really make sense, but I feel like, you know, all the prep, all the hard work was done. Now it was time to basically just put everything together. Huh. Um, yeah. And is it, is, does it kind of go through waves because it's a tasting menu? Like everybody's just hands on one dish and then it goes out and then. Yeah. Is that the way it was? Yeah. yeah. All hands on deck, but everyone's not working on one dish. It's like there were kind of groups 
um, mm-hmm. like first course, start it, yeah. take it out, second course, start it, you know? So, um, yeah. it was kind of in waves. It's like an orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bet. <laughs> yeah. You said you stayed there for, for like what, six months. Did you get to eat any, any other places? Copenhagen's got some of the best restaurants in the world. Yeah. Um, I got to eat at Iluka, which is a really awesome seafood place. Um, Mm -hmm. I try to eat as much like local cuisine as possible, which was like, uh, open face sandwiches, tartines, and like a lot of Mm -hmm. seafood. Um, cause it's coastal. A lot of smoked fish, right? Isn't that a lot of smoked fish? Yum. Yeah. Um, Yeah, just like all the seafood, <laughs> all the yeah. time. Did they let you eat a meal there? Did you get to actually yeah, sit yeah. down and experience the restaurant? Yep. They let me oh, eat a awesome. meal there. Um, it was awesome. I'm glad they do that because I obviously it's really important to know what you're working so hard to be doing, you know? Yeah. It's it's good to like taste and understand like the different nuances and ingredients and preparations that you're doing. Yeah. Um, it's so, also really helpful to see what the flow of service feels like for a customer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like, and see, yeah. And experience the service and the mm-hmm. staff. And so it was yeah. really awesome. Yeah. I got to ask you though, uh, and we could take this out if, if it's, if it's bad, but does it live up to the hype? Like, is it, is it because everybody looks to Noma as like the, the model, did it live up to the hype? Uh, for the food experience or for the work experience? Well, I guess we can go both, but (laughs) let's go food first, I guess. Food. Um, absolutely. Fuck Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the food, the ingredients, the preparations, like the knowledge of how to use these ingredients, the farmers, Mm -hmm. the landscape, like everything is so beautifully like curated that it's just like, yeah, absolutely. Um, The service is great. The wine pairings, the juice pairings, the ferments, every I'm not just saying this. Too, yeah. but it really is um yeah it's really really good okay yeah. yes nice i and, recommend and that, <laughs> <laughs> if, if if any any cooks can afford it yeah it's uh yeah. it's not a cheap that's meal, why i cook but... because i can't afford to eat there <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah true story yeah Sheesh. um and the and the work experience Obviously, I I can. Uh, probs not gonna do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But once is enough. I mean, I'm grateful that I did it because, mm-hmm. um, obviously the experience. I learned a lot. Um, um, I learned a lot of discipline, and just I met a lot of people. That was yeah. great, but also it took a toll on my mental health. I just needed a fucking break. Um, yeah. yeah <laughs> like I a long imagine. ass break. I was fucking tired yeah. and just like, all right, let me, let me just have a regular life for a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's an, ex- an extreme thing to ask somebody. Like six yeah. months of work, working 12, 15 to 16 hour days. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. 
Yeah. So where did you end up after that? Did you stay in Copenhagen for a little bit or did you? Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, I wanted to stay there for at least a year if I was going to, you know, hang out there. Um, Mm -hmm. So I ended up. It was around it was in like summertime. So I ended up working at a few festivals. Um, I did. I worked at a rave festival. What do you mean? like, Like catering? No, well, I worked with local restaurants and bars. Okay. And like I was a bartender at a rave, which was cool. I've never been a bartender before. Um, (laughs) Learned that and got a taste of, you know, a European rave, which was fucking great. Yeah. And I worked with a ramen shop which was awesome. We cooked at a music festival. I worked with an Arepa uh, place. Okay. And that was at a music festival. So I was just kind of like scoping out culinary options in the city, mm-hmm. like little gigs. Um, did you, how so, did you find these gigs? Was that through, through Noma staff or did you just... No, no, I just... How did you find these? I just would look on like Facebook for like local events that was cool. Okay. Like uh-huh. I got into this, like all these places, if you work there, you get free access into the event. So that's why I did all this <laughs> so that I could like go to all these music festivals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and see the all bo- these the artists bonus. for free. Yeah. So, and get a, get free food. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So like, and usually get free beer. So it's, you know, social media can be a gift (laughs) sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. What, uh, what, what sort of bands did you, did you see? Do you, do you remember some of the festivals? Cause you're about some crazy fucking festivals. Um, I think the, some of the coolest ones. I mean, I saw uh, Ozzy Osbourne, um, Black Sabbath nice. play. I saw Brockhampton, Big Thief. Okay. So these were like bigger festivals, like really big, big acts. It wasn't more like, it wasn't like tiny. Yeah. Yeah. It was festivals. big stuff. Okay. Um, okay. But of course they had like smaller little acts in between. Yeah. 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 That's all I can remember right now. Sorry. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. No worries. Yeah. Um, and where did you, where did you end up after that? Did you, oh, did you want to go home? Oh, nice. I've yeah. seen them too. I've, they're, they're great. They're yeah, great they live. are great. Um, yeah. sorry. What was your question? Uh, did you, did you head home after that or did you want to head home or did you kind of have to head, head back to the U S? So I, I stayed after the summer into the fall. Um, Worked with the forager some more. Um, oh, that's from awesome. Noma. Yeah. And yeah. so I helped her, well, them with some of the fall stuff they needed. We went like to Ant Hills to harvest ants. Oh, that's and, awesome. Like yeah. we went to get like roses from the beaches and just little herbs here and there, sorrel mm-hmm. out of the forest and all that stuff. <laughs> so. I ended up doing that for a while, really just kind of did whatever I went to. I, I found a love for jazz there. Okay. Is there a jazz scene there? There is. I and, um, okay. in 
just all throughout the city. There's a lot of jazz. Okay. I loved it. It was awesome. Oh, nice. Like bebop jazz or more like uh like orchestra jazz? Like what kind of what kind yeah, of Yeah, like orchestra jazz. Oh, okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I just kind of hung out until like late November and then I finally got a job at Juno the bakery there. Like I stopped for like a week and then I found out I got a job and then um, we tried to get my visa all set up to where I could stay for the job and then something didn't work out. I don't know. Oh, no. But I had to go back home. So Damn. I left there, got back home in December of 2018. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah. I got a job at a flower shop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right before the pandemic hit? Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, I was a florist. <laughs> to- <Yeah>. Total career change. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I mean, you went from Chipotle to Noma, so I feel like it's yeah, true. only natural that true, true. you switch um, it up. So I ended up working there and then I ended up moving up to the manager and like the main floral artist there. Uh-huh. And so I was in charge of like florals for weddings and um, events and just everyday kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I grew to love that so much because I could use my art brain and I could also use like, kind of the foraging brain as well because i did like to add in a bunch of like mushrooms or like pine cones and just like some local tree branches and that kind of stuff into it Mm -hmm. yeah and this was like a local small business so i was just kind of like i feel like we were kind of growing into a style like we were finding a style for this business because it uh-huh. was only open for like three years or so okay anyways i did that for like three years and oh, damn. and then i quit and i've been doing this jack thing ever since yeah i'm doing a micro bakery <laughs> yeah how did that how did that come about and uh seems like that's you you hit it at the peak time when everybody was looking for baked goods well i mean i had been kind of baking as like a side mm-hmm. gig ever since i was at the flower shop so i had okay. already been like doing breads and cakes and whatever someone needed my obsession with sourdough i think started in like like 2014 Okay, so yeah, yeah. for some reason, you didn't so just I jumped had, the bandwagon yeah, uh, during yeah. the pandemic, like everybody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I quit in like October, and I ended up starting uh, the micro bakery full time after that, and I've been going since then. I just had like my one year anniversary in October. Oh, nice! Congrats. Thanks. Congrats. So wait, so what does that entail? Like, are you cooking things at home or do you have a commissary? Is it just you? So um, yeah, it's just me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah I am yeah. front of house and back of house. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, 
So I run, it's actually in the style of a cottage bakery. And so West Virginia has laws to where, um, actually, I think every state has some version of this law. Um, but West Virginia has pretty lenient laws whenever it comes to shelf-stable food sold out of your home. Really? Yeah. Okay. So that yeah, is... definitely can't do that in Texas. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't that. know the Texas laws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, very strict. So, yeah, I worked up a menu and I made a website, mm -hmm. came up with the name for it. It's called Jack. It's named after my grandfather. Um, okay. His name was Jack. And he actually used to be a master baker. Okay. Cool. And he had his own bakery in Southern West Virginia in Bluefield. Did you ever get to go to it? Were you, uh, was that where no. your baking started? No, no, I did not. Um, because it actually, it burnt down, um, oh, shit. in the eighties, 85 or 86. And, uh, wow. I never got to experience that. Um, oh, shit. so I just kind of learned through stories, like family stories and what he would tell me. Yeah, that kind of sucks. That I never got to experience that. But that's also kind of what my little logo represents. It's like a chair, but it's like kind of cut in two. So it's kind of okay. distorted. Yeah. So I like to explain that as like a little distortion in memory. Okay. Now, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Like the, the, the bakery, your grandpa's bakery is kind of living on through memory alone. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So cool. it's yeah. kind of like a homage to my grandfather in his bakery. Nice. That's awesome. But I make things that are maybe nostalgic, but basically I, I pretty much make what I want to eat. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so do, you, do you do mainly like uh, you said menu? So are you like are you selling out of somewhere or do you just do you take special orders or how does that whole thing work? Yeah. So it's it's like a special order kind of situation. Um, okay. I've since kind of adjusted my format for orders um, mm -hmm. since like October of this year. So I used to do, I have like a full menu, sweet stuff and breads, savory and sweet. Yeah. And um, sweet stuff being like tarts and cookies, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I did like special orders every week, like Thursday through Saturday. They were pre-ordered. So I would never have like, have to over bake something and waste. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. really what I wanted to focus on is like no waste. Yeah. And wait, so are you cooking all of this out of your home? Yes. Or do you have a commissary? Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Out of my apartment. <laughs> it's not even a house. So I have very minimal space. That's but, insane. I mean, whatever. Like <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it is insane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is insane. I'm, I'm not even crazy. gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so how 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 much are you cooking out of out of your apartment? I mean, enough to pay my bills. 
<laughs> which I have Shit. a lot of bills. So, <laughs> but uh, it's been an interesting journey because I'm not only like developing my cooking skills, but I'm kind of learning all aspects of running a business. Mm-hmm. So I've adjusted prices accordingly since I've started, Um, of course, with like inflation and everything with ingredients. But um, also because everything's like super, everything seems to be pretty time consuming and I can't do a whole lot, but Mm -hmm. I'm pretty amazed at the amount of shit actually that can come out of here um with basic like electric stove top and like oven and yeah that's about it (laughs) yeah do you have a standard or do you take do people just create shit and you have to like make it work what do you mean I mean, like, do they just decide what you're gonna cook or do you have a a menu and yeah yeah I had a menu I had a menu so people choose from my menu. Okay. Well, that's um, good. Unless they have like a special request. Um, mm-hmm. Like s- someone wanted like cannolis one time. And so I made them a big batch of cannolis, even though it's not like on my menu. Yeah. If I have the time, I'll definitely do a special thing. But that's, um, that's cool. Yeah. 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 But now I've kind of changed to like a monthly box kind of like a csa um except for baked goods so i'll do like a combination of sweet and savory um food that is a complete surprise so no one actually knows what they're getting they're just that's awesome paying a certain amount of money and then they come and pick it up from me once a month and anyone cool. anyone can do it. It's gotten to the point where they've like sold out uh within a day. So that's pretty cool for me. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that that seems to work for me because that kind of gives me more time to like really curate a menu that I'm excited mm-hmm. about. Yeah. And it lets me be creative. And go like yeah. source the ingredients. Um, yeah, it just makes more sense for the kind of lifestyle I have right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you find that? Uh, are you using any of the stuff you learned at Noma? Are you forging for stuff and making? Baked oh goods yeah. Or? I mean, I wouldn't say like I learned how to forge at Noma. Like I've always been an outside person and I always try and look for like edibles outside and around me. So yeah, absolutely. That's a major part of what I do. Well, I also do some catering, but like the other day I did, like I found some, a local miller for corn. And so oh, cool. I get get some corn meal from them and I'll I'll do like a cornbread. I mm-hmm. I've used sumac to do make like some sumac and strawberry donuts. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I've used local berries and that kind of stuff, spice bush, sassafras root, that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I imagine, um, like you said, the, the Appalachian area is pretty 
fertile for that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. It's definitely under underrated in terms of um, the amount of produce it offers. I think, especially in the summer, it's it's pretty lush. Um, wherever you look, you can probably find like a blackberry vine somewhere. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a interesting landscape to kind of delve into foraging more. Mm-hmm. Do you use any other sort of stuff you you learned in Like, are you fermenting anything then, uh, or are you just <laughs> not uh, not as much as Andrew? Ask. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I yeah, like for example, I'm just making some apple cider right now with some leftover oh, nice. apple pills and um, apple juice. So I'm doing that right now. Yeah. I mean, I use, I learned a lot of techniques from Noma that I still yeah. use for sure. Yeah. But. I feel like that's, that's a lot of, that's really all you need. People talk about recipes, but I think just learning techniques is, is really where you can do anything after you've learned the technique. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. If you understand the technique, I think you can, the world is your oyster. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. you can be creative yeah. after that for sure. For sure. So what's, so what's next for you? Are you still going to, are you just going to keep baking out of your apartment or are you going to get like a place, brick and mortars, staff? Um, what's, what's next for you? You know, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out right now. Um, <laughs> okay. I know I have a few goals for myself. I would like to go to a bakery and um, maybe learn some more techniques. I want to delve more into lamination and, uh, you know, I don't have a sheeter here, but like if I did, I'd be all in it right now. Yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, I would like to delve even further into the sourdough and, um, more European breads, baguettes, croissants, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I also would like to learn more uh, about the business side before I invest in my money and time and energy into a brick and mortar. So yeah, that's a a good idea. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So especially during the pandemic, it's just a little... I don't know how it is over there in Texas, but (laughs) it's, it's definitely, I think it's true to say like it's hit the entire restaurant industry um, pretty hard. So it's like, you know, do I take that leap? Do I kind of delve more into the education of my business and that kind of stuff first? So yeah, kind of where I'm at. Yeah, Austin's kind of weird in that um, the pandemic hit everything hard, of course. But uh, we've had like a huge influx of people coming because Austin's the hot new shit. Yeah. Um. So businesses have just been popping up like crazy, even during the pandemic. Really? Restaurants were popping That's up awesome. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's a little oversaturated, mm. but I would hope that the brick and mortar kind of thing is kind of dying out because I think like people waste too much investment and and money into these things and then they get bloated they don't have enough staff i think the way to go is what you're doing and like yeah or like restaurant sharing like mission chinese used to do yeah. uh, in san francisco yeah. like sharing spaces and having yes. multiple restaurants in one space um it seems a lot more sustainable than just 
Yes. Just getting a brick and mortar just for the sake of it. Right? Yes, so. I agree. I yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, another reason is I like my freedom. I like not having yeah. to work every day of my life. You know. Um, <laughs> I'm jealous. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm struggling financially, but like, well, I'm like teetering on okay, but <laughs> like, I still get to be creative. I still can mm-hmm. go travel if yeah. I want to. I can just like shut it off. Like, I can schedule my year. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm trying to find that balance of like, okay where do I actually want to set my energy? Like I've worked the hard hours at restaurants and stuff, and that's just not the kind of life that I want to live. You can still make good product and kill it and not have to work your ass off and suffer like mentally and physically from that. So I'm just trying to figure that out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think the whole industry is in that same, that same. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, for sure. There's definitely a big shift in mindset and Mm -hmm. still, we still have a lot to go, but I think we're moving in the right direction for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's kind of forcing. I think young people are forcing it that way anyway, because yeah. no one wants to work exactly anymore. So right. it's kind of going in that direction anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting. It's gonna be an interesting year. Yeah. Up here. So I need to check out Austin. I've never been to Texas. No, it's a. Yeah, I don't know what to think of it now. I've been here for like twelve years, so uh, it's grown from like this tiny little cool hip spot with like a lot of live shows and dive bars and shit. And now it's yeah. like all the dive bars are trendy. So like, it's not really any sort of grit to it anymore, yeah. which I miss, yeah. but it is the hot thing right now. So we got all the cool, coolest new restaurants and stuff. Um, nice. but yeah. Yeah. That's, I kind of feel like West Virginia's, um, we're still in that like starting stage. So like, it's a good place to no, be. No one yeah. knows any, anything about West Virginia, um, I, th- it seems that way. Um, yeah. like there's not really a restaurant scene here. Okay. So it's just kind of like, it's still kind of DIY, like kind of underground or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are there not, are there not any like uh, high end restaurants or anything like that? Is it, is it still pretty low key? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty low key. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, if I want a nice meal, I'll just make it for myself. I, <laughs> like it's not yeah. like a place. There's a few like pretty good restaurants around here, but they're n- not that really high end. Yeah. So yeah, trying to trying to change that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good spot to be in. I think uh, instead of instead of having to fight the through the current of bullshit there's you actually get to create it create a scene yeah, instead of that's kind of why i'm here it. too yeah um yeah, that's really cool yeah do you so, have a, a good crew of people like there that are trying to trying to do that or, or are you just spearheading the whole thing no i would say it's like a like a handful of people okay we got uh i think one of my favorite uh duo um amy dawson and Mike Costello up at Lost Creek Farm in West Virginia. They're mm-hmm. doing some cool stuff. They they got nominated like 
uh, as like a James Beard finalist last year. So oh, cool. that was really major for this state. Yeah. That hasn't happened before. We don't have Michelin. Yeah. Anything Everybody here, forgets about West Virginia, I think. Yeah. yeah so um, that was really cool. Um, I actually, I got to make dinner for them a few weeks ago. Oh, awesome. Yeah. But honestly, that's kind of it. Shit. Yeah. There's not many people really, I don't know, pushing for high end uh, stuff around here. Yeah. Then there's no but, like, I guess not even high end. Is, no, is there nothing like cool or innovative happening? Exactly. No. Yeah. Innovation. There's not much innovation. No. And yeah. I wouldn't say it's not here. I just feel like maybe no one, everyone thinks the audience just maybe doesn't want it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't sell as good. So it's taking a risk to be creative mm-hmm. in a place like this. Yeah. When it comes to food. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I never even thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but do you find that a lot of people are leaving town? Do they, does, do, do a lot of people just leave town and, and no yeah. one's really coming back to support it? Shit. Yeah. 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 They, there's, I can't remember the percentage, but there is a large group of people that leave town, like my age, like part of the younger crowd usually yeah. graduate and get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That's why I'm here to kind of change that. <laughs> Create, yeah. Creating the whole scene on your own. Yeah. Oh. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think, I think we'll leave it there. So okay. yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time out talking and stuff. That was great. Great talking yeah. to you. I'll let you know when this is up and um, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Nice yeah, to meet yeah, you, no, Zach. Yeah. Nice to meet you too. <laughs>